0: Hi, it's Richard from the StoryWalk Podcast. The StoryWalk Podcast is composed of real stories that I make up while I am out hiking, snowshoeing, skiing, and backpacking with my children. You may notice background noise during the podcast due to the real nature of recording these stories in the outdoors. The StoryWalk Podcast is supported by 10 Go on 10 adventures to find great family adventures in over 60 countries on Earth. Imagine a family-friendly safari in the Serengeti, exploring Inca ruins in Peru, a cycling holiday on car-free roads in Germany, and many, many more great ideas. To find all the great family adventure ideas, and to make memories that will last a lifetime, check out 10adventures.com family. Now, on to today's story. This is part two of the Detective Brothers. Recall, in the last episode, the Detective Brothers were trying to find Professor Stone. The head of the World Army had asked them to go and check out this mysterious island that appeared and disappeared, and at least one time had become an enormous volcano. They had found the island. They'd gone underwater with their special submarine-type boat, and they'd been attacked by an enormous octopus. The detective brothers were in the submarine with their mom. What are we going to do? Said Henry. Alexander looked out. I don't know there's much we can do. Let's see what happens. William agreed. Slowly lights all around the submarine came on. It was a strange looking room. All the water had drained. The sides of the room were metal and the ceiling looked to be an enormous mirror. Just then a wall moved, a door opened. It was incredible. You could not even tell there had been a door there, but a massive door opened and in came a little tiny man with straight black hair, tiny glasses, an enormous nose, little tiny feet and little tiny hands. Ahoy, oh, have you? yelled out the voice. The detective brothers looked at each other. Who is this? said William. Alexander looked over. Could this be Professor Stone? He doesn't look that powerful. I am Professor Stone, yelled who was now obviously Professor Stone. I have captured you. You're in my secret hideout. I've been building this for seven years. And from here, I will take over the world. Come inside and let me show you what I've done. The detective brother's mom said, boys, we mustn't go. Who knows what it'll do to us. Henry looked back. Mom, we're caught in a submarine inside a volcano. We were trapped by the enormous octopus. I think things are pretty bad. I don't know if they can get much worse going with Professor Stone. He doesn't look that terrifying. Oh, all right, I'm gonna stay here just in case though. Good idea, said Henry. We love you, mom, said the detective brothers as they exited the submarine. Is there anyone else with you, detective brothers? No, there isn't. They thought fast. They didn't want Professor Stone to know that their mom was still in the submarine. Excellent, said Professor Stone as he led them out of the room. The door closed. They didn't know what was going to happen with their submarine or their mom. They walked through steel hallways. It was incredible. The outside of this volcano was all rock. The inside was all polished steel with mirrors on the roofs everywhere. There didn't appear to be any doors, but they found out again when Professor Stone opened a door that was totally impossible to see. There were doors. They had just been built so closely into the walls that you could not tell where they were. The door opened and the boys' mouths dropped. Inside was the biggest room they'd ever seen. Bigger than a football stadium. Bigger than an airport terminal. But it wasn't the size of the room that surprised them. It was what was in it. Inside were thousands of enormous octopus. Some of the octopus appeared to be alive and were using their tentacles to build new octopus. In fact, all of them were robotic. There were small ones, big ones, large ones, and enormous ones. Henry told his brothers, guys, this must have been the type of octopus that caught us, a robotic octopus. And look how many there are. There must be thousands. William piped up. This could be very bad, I think. Yeah, said Alexander. It could be bad. These octopus, they're very powerful. They can take over ships like they did with us. We only had one attack us. What if hundreds attacked a nuclear sub or an aircraft carrier? Henry looked at his brothers and said, there's something even worse. What? Said his brothers. These octopus are able to live on land. Look around. There's no water here. The brothers' eyes opened. If these octopus can come on land, they can destroy tanks, and armies, as well as submarines and aircraft carriers. I think Professor Stone might be able to take over the world. Just then from high above, they heard a voice crackling. (laughs) you see what I've developed, don't you? I have built an army of robotic octopuses. This is the most powerful army ever assembled. Not only do they have eight powerful tentacles, but they're in different sizes. They can get in or out of virtually anywhere. And these aren't ordinary tentacles," he yelled out. The Detective Brothers looked up. What was Professor Stone going to say next? I tell you, these tentacles have a little extra surprise. Let me look for my favorite octopus. Oh yes! Mr. Purple! I call him a people-eating octopus! Show us your surprises! Just then, a gigantic purple octopus, easily the biggest of all the octopus, opened his eyes. He pushed himself out and up and towered over the rest of the octopuses. He lifted one tentacle. Yes, go ahead, said Professor Stone. Just then, an enormous saw came out the side of it. That saw is a diamond saw. It can saw through anything. Next. He opened another tentacle, lifted it up. Go ahead, said Professor Stone. Just then, a burst of fire came out. A flamethrower. Very useful, you'll find. Next! Another tentacle came up. This one was covered in rockets and missiles all along the outside. I won't demonstrate these because those are super powerful missiles and I don't want to blow up my secret hideout. Next! Another one came up. This tentacle looked very normal. Looks quite normal doesn't it? What you don't see is there is a special laser in there. A laser's so powerful, there's no substance on Earth. It can't cut through. It'd be very easy to get into Fort Knox and steal all the world's gold, wouldn't it? The detective brothers were getting worried. Next, he shouted. Another tentacle came up. This one shot out super hot boiling water. Next. The next tentacle shot out super cold freezing water. Next. The last tentacle came up. It was bigger than all the rest. I can't show you this one, but there's nothing on this earth that the tentacle can't crush. If I can get his tentacle around something, that thing will be crushed. I think you can see, I've developed the perfect weapon. The detective brothers looked at each other. William said, it's true. These are the perfect weapons. Henry and Alex looked. There must be a way to defeat them. You're probably thinking, is there a way to defeat them? There isn't. I have the only controller. He lifted up, what looked a bit like an iPad. With this controller, every one of my octopuses must obey me. How are we going to stop Professor Stone? This looks so difficult, said Alex. William was thinking. Henry, Do you have your iPad? Yeah, said Henry. Does it have AirDrop and Bluetooth? Henry said, yeah. William said, let's see if we can connect with Professor Stone and his controller and see if we can copy the program onto your iPad and then we can control the robotic octopus. Alexander and Henry said, great idea, William. That's what we'll do. Well, my little friends, Why don't I take you to where you'll watch me take over the world in your jail cell? (laughs) Professor Stone led the boys to a jail cell that overlooked his control room. The control room was full of computers and video monitors and TV screens. Near the jail cell sat Professor Stone with his octopus controller. I only have a few more minutes of work before I will unleash the octopus. (laughs) As Professor Stone turned away to look at the screens, Henry carefully brought his iPad out. He started playing with the buttons. He looked at William, smiling. It's working, he said. William smiled as well. While the Detective Brothers worked on getting their own version of the octopus controller back at their submarine, their mum, was solving problems. She had looked through the entire submarine for ways to get out. She hadn't found anything except for she had found a special way to communicate underwater. It was a sonar communicating device and with it they could communicate far distances underwater. She wasn't technically underwater now, but the cave she was in was surrounded by water. I wonder if this will work. The detective brother's mom was very good at figuring things out. And so she went to work. She had never used a sonar device like this, but there were some instructions which she followed and very quickly, it said it was sending. The problem was, This device only sent sound. It could not receive it. So she had no idea what was happening. She sent a message. Detective Brothers captured by Professor Stone in Volcano by robots. Send help. Robots, very powerful. Now, she repeated sending that message again and again and again and again and again, hoping Somebody would hear it. Back in the control room, Henry was hiding behind Alexander and William, working on his iPad. They were looking at one screen which showed a little pink octopus. Henry whispered, if this works, that octopus will jump up and down. Henry tapped his iPad. They watched the screen. Sure enough, the octopus jumped up and down. The brothers looked at each other. We've done it. Henry quickly started working on his iPad. Professor Stone said, it's time for me to unleash my octopuses. You boys were here to watch me take over the world. <laughs> he started pressing buttons. What? Ah, oh, my controller must not be out of, isn't working. It must be out of batteries. He looked at his controller a few times. He hit it. He went around looking for some batteries. Oh man, this, this sucks. All right, once I get batteries, I will take over the world! Just then, Henry started quickly pressing out on the floor where all the robots were building each other. A slight change happened. They started to destroy each other. They started to take apart each other. The professor didn't notice. They were moving quick already. Dozens of octopus had been taken apart because octopus with eight arms can move quickly. Professor finally got new batteries and said, now I take over the world. He pressed the button, still nothing. What's happening? Looked up, what are my octopus doing? No! He started to bang, still unaware what Henry had done. Just then an alarm went, what's that sound? There are so many submarines around. How did they find us? Sure enough, the volcano was now surrounded by submarines. Just then on their screens, A figure came on. It was President of the World. Professor Stone, you're surrounded. Give up. We're here. We don't like what you're doing. I will never! Give up, said Professor Stone as he tried to unleash Octopus. But his controller did nothing. The World Army was here. Soon the hallways were swarming with the World Army. Professor Stone kept trying to get his controller to work, but it wasn't working. Finally, they burst into the control room, and they arrested Professor Stone. I don't understand what happened, he yelled. Henry stood up. I copied your program on your controller and took control of all your robot octopus and got them to take each other apart. You were beat by three kids, Professor Stone. No, he yelled. Just then, the detective brother's mom showed up. Oh, great job, boys. I called help, and we're saved. Hooray, said the detective brothers. They went back up to the surface, went home to their treehouse. Very happy that they had saved the world again. The end. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe and give us a rating. This podcast and all the ideas and characters are copyrighted by myself, Richard. Bye-bye.